0: We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast is recorded and pay our respects to Elders past, present and Aboriginal Elders emerging.
1: The Vale Podcast, driven by pioneer Ford Robinvale. It's worth the drive.
0: This week's podcast is a little different, again, due to the lack of a co-host. Charlie and Donnie are both busy working, so I'll do what I can to make it interesting. I had a chat to Ali Kappa for an update on easing of border restrictions, being able to use the river, go camping, go on staycations, and then that turned into a conversation about the monarchy and how we should be thinking about becoming a republic, which then turned into a conversation about Harry and Meghan and Harry's paternity, and we truly give New Idea a run for its money. Then we let you in on Nathan Burke's conversation we had last week on the RUOK live stream, which was such an interesting chat and he's a really big supporter of the 42K project, which is awesome. But first, News with Ali. News for the Vale with state member for Mildura, Ali Kappa. Not with me, Nova 100's Nicole Gunn from Coronavirus Central of Melbourne, but these podcasters from Robinvale oh that's my my old friend nicole gunn from melbourne's nova 100 bless that's her. so
2: cool <laughs> you are so well connected
0: so well i've been around ellie i've been around it's very impressive mm. and gunner still does favors for me like that bless her even though she's flat out at the moment and she has been so we thank her for that for her time yeah
2: yeah so that's 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 great
0: yeah. tell we, her thank you yeah, I, I certainly will. And how are you, Ellie You'd be flat chat
2: at the moment as well. There's been so much news this week. I know it's it's been it's been so good. It's I mean, and especially like so on Tuesday, you know, that was the return of the hospital, mm-hmm. um, which was just amazing. You know, it was just such a special event, um, and. And so, you know, there was a real buzz around town because of that. And we, we you know, and, and also I want to make it clear, this is not just a, a, a very muldura centric win. This is a win for the broader region as well, um, including specifically the Valley Track and Robinvale, Vale, mm. um, because, because Muldura based hospital with a much more um, outward public focus rather than an inward bottom line focus, is going to be far more, um, and, and in fact, Terry um, Terry Welsh, the new CEO, said this in his comments um, at the official little ceremony um, that, that that connecting with and supporting Robin Vale and Mally Track is going to be one of the core jobs and and projects of, of um, the incoming board. Wow. Uh, so so it really it's just so exciting. We we, we absolutely know that this is going to um, be transformative for the delivery of. Of, of of healthcare, particularly acute healthcare in our region. Um, and, yeah, wonderful. Plus the, the day was beautiful that day. Plus we'd had the announcement about the $4.4 million for TAFE. Plus we had the announcement about the easing of restrictions. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and that was the Victorian restrictions, which was really cool because it meant that we were, we're, we're you know, jumping to stage three quicker and, inst- in, sorry, jumping to the third step quicker and the third step having some of the, the, the last step incorporated into it, um, including beauty and, um, you know, um, indoor dining uh so yeah it's it and then the new south wales announcement yeah and, <laughs> and then the river, the river <laughs> announcement it's been i tell you what
0: the beauty thing hasn't come quick enough my eyebrows are starting oh, to consume my face
2: i know and my nails like i i hadn't um i hadn't had my nails done for quite like i actually haven't had them done since i had baby so that's a long time oh my god but it's like, <laughs> but it's like when, when you when you can't do something you want it more mm-hmm so so that was when I was like, I need to get my nails done. And, and, and that is going to be the first thing I do. Nails, going to sip our local um, bar just around the corner for a drink yes. and taking Jade to the playground. Oh,
0: oh, my gosh. You just said sip and all I can think about is unicorn martinis now.
2: Oh, yeah. well, Well, Jade, next time you're in town... I'm in, I'm in town on Saturday. I'm in town on Saturday morning. Shout- can I can I have one for breakfast? Well, you know, <laughs> <laughs> these are
0: unprecedented times. Oh, they are unprecedented times. But it's so it's been so good to have some some good news. And when you talk about having your nails done, I haven't had mine done. Oh God, I, I, I don't even know. I'm not I'm not one to sit still for long enough to have my nails done. But <laughs> I did look at my toenails yesterday when it was 28 degrees, and I couldn't wear um, closed-toed shoes without being uncomfortable mm. and thought, oh, gee whiz, I really do need a pedicure. So thank goodness, like all this stuff. And it, it, it seems to, as soon as this was announced, it was like immediately everyone's mood shifted. Everyone was up and about and everyone had a smile on their face. And it it couldn't have, I mean, it could have come six months ago, let's face it, but um, uh-huh. or six weeks ago, but now things just seem to have lifted a little bit. So... It's so I know. It, it's so know. good to be reporting on something positive this week. Yes,
2: I, that's it. Um, and and uh, you know, so I, I absolutely agree with all of that. And um, you know, it's it's. I'm hoping that one of the positive legacies out of all of this ordeal is that we will realise that in or appreciate more that that it's it's the little things in life that are the big things. Mm. you know and and it's those little things that you just otherwise just don't think about you know just sort of walking through your little local shopping precinct and seeing people chatting in the streets you know and having um you know because there's tables and chairs sort of laid out and you've got people sitting around and just that um you know that that ability to have a friend over or you know just little these little things that you know they don't feel that big at the time but that they are what makes life worth living. Well, that's it. And you have them taken
0: away, and all of a sudden you realise how much you've taken them for granted. So I think having a drink yeah. with friends, or just sitting down to have a coffee at a cafe, is such a big thing now. And I've just been to Loft to have lunch because I can. So because you
2: can, yeah, yeah. That, that's it. It's just um, it's it's so so. Hopefully, you know, I mean, it's it's that idea of you don't want to waste a crisis. And as terrible as it's been. Um, that that's something I hope that that we can cling to that we're going to come out of this a little bit wiser. Mm. Now, mm. talk us through.
0: So the river has opened up. I saw your live video on Facebook. Yep. So we still need permits, though, don't we?
2: Yes. So so the river the river now is a think of it this way the the river is is part of the border bubble so yep. the cross border zone. Um, what what I. My interpretation at this point, and this is all subject to the New South Wales Public Health Order, which I I haven't read yet. Um, that's if it's even out. I'm not sure. But my interpretation is this that um, that you know the old C permit mm. that we had for five minutes, and it actually worked pretty well. But then they took it away from us. Yeah, um, yeah, that one. <laughs> where, where, um, where provided you live in the cross border zone and you're going to somewhere else in the cross border zone you can crisscross as many times as you like and it doesn't matter what the purpose is all that matters is the location <sighs> right and that it includes the river yeah so so that's great the the thing that um is uh, that we're working through at the moment um because it has caused some disappointment is for like our river-based tourism operators Because what they're saying is the frustration is now that you know in regional Victoria you can travel where you want, so Mm. so there's going to be Victorian tourists sort of coming to Mildura, or regional Victorian tourists coming to Mildura, so that's good. But because the because they are not border residents, and they don't can't get that permit, they can't get on the boat. That's right. So so, I know it's so, so that. What we're doing at the moment is we're working on that to try mm. and see if there can be some special exemptions or something along those lines. But for tourism operators who are saying, look, we're not going to park on the New South Wales side,
0: mm.
2: you know, all or, or we're going to do is, is go for a little bit of a peruse and then come back. So pick them up on Vic- in Victoria, drop them off at Victoria, yep. stay in Victoria all the time. Can, can that be an exemption, the basis for an exemption? And so that's sort of what we're working on now. Um, but the other thing we're saying to people in the meantime is, We've got school holidays coming up. Be a tourist in your own town. Yes. If, you know, if it was ever, um, in, you know, it's, it has never been more important for us to do that because then that can help to make up for, you know, that frustrating um yeah, uh, uh, rule mm. that that may otherwise limit the value of, of this, you know, easing of restrictions for those operators.
0: Yeah, and it, it will it'll certainly help all of those businesses that have suffered so much and they really have, particularly tourism operators, and they'll continue to do, to do so until, you know, tourism can open back up to the much, much wider Australian and international markets and that will be a yeah. long time away, I would imagine. But they yeah. have suffered a lot. So doing things like going for a paddle steamer ride or going to Mungo or just having a staycation like booking an indulgent apartment or booking a room at the at the Robinvale Bridge <laughs> Motel and just having beers around the pool and things okay. like that. You know, even something like that, because we haven't been able to go anywhere now. I've even mm-hmm. considered just booking a a, mot- a motel room at the bridge just to sit around the pool, and especially now that the weather's nice. Why wouldn't you? Um, yeah,
2: yeah, ab- absolutely, and and that's what we. I mean, that you know, we, we've been running our um only local campaign to really encourage that. You know, to say, look, just um step away from the mouse, mm, yeah, <laughs> and unless unless you're doing your online shopping with a local mm. store that has an online presence, um, just. Uh, don't you know m- make sure that if you need something you go in fact I wanted to get like I, I bought a I'm one of those people where I buy a, something relatively inexpensive like a lamp and then use that to justify like oh now I need somewhere to put the lamp must pay two thousand dollars for a sideboard you know what I mean <laughs> well I don't well yeah I kind of do yeah yeah yeah, yeah for, for one lamp that costs like 60 yeah, bucks right. You know. anyway so um I went to I went to a furniture shop today and, and said to them look um because there was nothing really that that was going to suit this part of my house, and so I said, um, "Do you have a catalog? Like, do your supplies have a catalog so I can look through the catalog? So then I can order it, but through you guys, mm. you know, so you guys get the commission and whatever else, and and um and and that's uh, that that's something that that we're encouraging. But but on top of that, you know, if people can really do that tourist in your own town thing, and and especially, I mean, I. I'll speak for myself. Look, I, I've been one of the lucky ones who has had a stable income through this horror show of a year, right? Yeah. Um, if I if I have the, the ability to spend, a, you know, um, a few hundred bucks on a on a hotel, you know, overnight, and my family can go and have some fun, mm. um, then now's the time to do it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I said the same thing to Luke yesterday. Right, where are we going next weekend? Let's pick somewhere. Maybe somewhere we haven't even been or let's just go and spend the weekend in Mildura or Yeah. Just for that. But then when I heard that the river was open and we could go in the river again, (laughs) let's get the caravan and the boat out and go camping. That's all you you need to do.
2: because I saw your comment on Facebook today and you you were excited Oh there's but there were there was
0: tears when I watched that video yeah. there was yeah. there was tears because even for someone that runs along the river putting mm. your legs in there up until today has been illegal I haven't been but- able to have like an ice bath in the just quietly between you and me I've been doing it anyway but. <laughs> It's been illegal and you feel like a bit of an outlaw just going to have your ice bath afterwards and the mere fact that now that the weather has started to get really nice, we haven't yeah. the prospect or, and the the uncertainty of whether we're going to be able to go camping, whether we're going to be able to put the boat in, you know, all of that kind of stuff. You're just like, ugh. But then when I oh, heard God. that this morning, it was like, oh, the weight has finally lifted. I couldn't care about anything else. The weight's been I'm- lifted. Let's go camping. Let's get the caravan out and go
2: it's great it's yeah. so so exciting and and so and look i mean one one of the, the areas of controversy is masks you know people being still upset about wearing masks but what what i've been what i've been saying is look if, if wearing a mask can give everyone more confidence so our government the you know new south wales government hopefully the south australian government if they budge soon um some confidence that that, that we are maximizing the safety and that can then you know lead to earlier reopening and and accelerated pace of you know the, the rolling reopenings and things like that. Mm. Let's let's just do it. Just you know do it. um uh, yeah I I think that I mean I, I get it that it's a pain. I obviously it's something we don't want to be doing and I certainly concerned about comfort levels when it gets to the height of summer. Mm. But so- un, until it gets to those temperatures, let's just stay the course. Um because the masks are something that are really like low cost pretty easy probably the least inconvenient part of all of this there's been a lot more inconvenience in the masks Mm. and really high reward um you know so anyway so i think that you know hopefully masks that order will be lifted soon but in the meantime i think it's really important we just hang in there
0: yeah and it may only be for the next you know Six weeks or whatever. So, yeah, um, I do forget right. them often. Though I always forget my mask. I walked around the entire supermarket yesterday afternoon. No one said anything to me. People were looking <laughs> at me, but people look at me all the time anyway. So I don't really take much notice. Until I got to the got to the checkout, and they went, "Ah, uh, you've forgotten something." I went,
2: "Oh, actually, yeah. I've been in here for half an hour. No one said anything." But I've, I've done that a lot of times too. It's usually when I see the first person. Like the first person coming towards me with a mask and that's when I'm conscious of it and I've had and I'm, a, I'm I mean you're you're very athletic I'm not so for me to run from here to the doorway I'd probably just about collapse and so I've been because can you imagine me walking around you know around my neighborhood not wearing a mask and if someone took a photo of that and just like see look she's ignoring the rules yeah you know it's not good and so I'm very very self-conscious if mm. I realize I've forgotten my mask so I've had to like do the exercise exemption, you know, like as in run as yes. fast as I can to be like, see, I'm exercising. <laughs> I'm but it's, exercising. A, it's a great, it's been a real driver. Like I'm not going to walk with a mask on.
0: So you know what? I'll run the whole way. And I'm not going to stop because I didn't bring a mask with me. You know, I might wear a buff around my hair, which is beautiful. So I can yeah. pull it down if I do stop, but it's been a great incentive to actually get the bum moving. So I'm glad it's working the same yeah. for you.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, one one day I actually, because I was quite, I was like a couple of k's away from home and I didn't want to have to run the whole way. So what I did was I had a hoodie on, so I just moved the hoodie around and I put like the hood over my head, (laughs) as in over my face. So you couldn't see either, like the whole hood over (laughs) your face? Fair enough. I embellished the story a little bit. So I moved moved the hood around and, and just held it here so I could still see, but everything else was covered by the hood.
0: So you turned into a ninja.
2: Basically, yeah, 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 yeah. Awesome!
0: With I wish a- <laughs> you had taken a photo of that. That would have been hilarious, Ninja Alley. <laughs> Imagining, imagine the PR campaign you could build with that.
2: <laughs> it, well, that's true, exactly, and it is. And and we, I do have two years to plan my next campaign, so maybe.
0: I'm just saying, you can have that idea. You can have it for free. No, That's fine. You're welcome.
2: You. You're very kind.
0: Yeah, I know. You're welcome.
2: Um, so you, you might be having a council election coming up too, Jade. So, well, we do, yes. You know, and don't be giving away those good ideas too easily.
0: No, I, I don't think I could get away with being a ninja. I'm not built to be a ninja. <laughs> <laughs> Ninjas are small and nimble and agile and I am not. But nominations do open for council elections today and Mildura looks like it's going to be really competitive.
2: Yeah, well, yes, I think so. I mean, we've got some, um, some really good, really strong and interesting candidates in the field. Um, last last um, council election for Mildura, there were 28 candidates. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, 28 candidates and none of the existing councillors were stepping down. Wow. Yeah. So there's, a, that was a competitive election. Like yeah. that was, yeah. So, so when you say there's a lot of, you know, it's going to be a big competitive field, like, um, it probably will be, mm. but last time it was just nuts. So, <gasps> wow. Um, God, Yeah, but we've got some really, I mean, yeah, look, I'm so excited. Like I, I just think, because I'm, I'm a politics nerd, so I just love, I love all elections. Mm, me um, too. And. And the council elections are always so fascinating and and, and so and the results are always so interesting because you've got a group of people, you know, and so there's lots of kind of like, oh, I wonder what their dynamic's going to be like and you've got them and them and them yeah. and I wonder, you know, then, and then you've got the, um, you know, the sort of the intrigue of the the, the um, mayoral elections every single year. It's like, oh, what are, what are the manoeuvres going to be and, and you know, how's it all going to come out and what combinations are going to sort of, you know, um, have a crack and mm. so I, I just think, I I think local government politics is just absolutely fascinating.
0: It is fascinating, but I don't think in Swan Hill it's going to be anywhere near that interesting. And I was disappointed when I managed to get into council, there was... You know, I nominated unopposed. There was nobody else. So I was kind of like, oh, well, there's no, <laughs> there's no election campaign and it's oh, a bit disappointing. And I, I fear in Swan Hill Rural City Council we may have much of the same. So we only have seven positions. Like mm-hmm. I said, nominations open today. They closed Tuesday week. So yeah. and now with all the mandatory training and the new Local Government Act and the new Minister for Local Government and all those changes that have been made, I don't think the Swan Hill one's going to be as interesting. I mean, I hope it is. I hope there's a lot of people that want to put their hand up. But so far it's all been very, very quiet, unlike the Mildura, because I'm watching all of these different (laughs) candidates pop up on Facebook and I'm like, great, this is amazing, and I've done my Facebook (laughs) and I'm like, well, nobody else is really doing this for us yet and I'm not competing against anyone, so... (laughs)
2: no well look I mean I you've got a different system too because you've got that ward system we don't now oh Oh, actually you don't anymore do you no we're unsubdivided (laughs) now
0: this is what I mean so at least I'll get a little bit of a fight oh
2: Oh, well of course it's going to be interesting then this is going to I think it's going to be really interesting so um yeah well I mean look I think that um you know there's the the more candidates and the more diverse candidates you're right the more interesting the the race is Mm. um but but I think that Personally, I, I think that people like you um, are, are have had a transformative effect um, and, and I think that that's going to happen over time. You know, people from, Can I quote you know, you on who, are, that? who are very, no, but seriously, who are very dynamic and who are very, um, you know, interesting and forward thinking and um, and um, visible,
3: mm. you know,
2: all, all of those things I think are going to make a real difference and um, and and these things happen over time. Like, like a the, the um, Mildura Council elections last year, sorry, last time with the 28 candidates, that, that was anomalous. That wouldn't normally happen. Um, so so there was just sort of, there has been really in Mildura in the last, um, I don't know, let's say 10 years roughly, sort of a, a shifting of, of the political landscape and people are becoming much more engaged and, and conversations are becoming much more um you know, diverse and complex and, you know, and and so that's probably something that people like you I think will
0: inspire. And that's good, though, and I've been saying for years that people really do need to be more politically aware and be Mm -hmm. aware of what casting a vote for one individual or the other or not one and the other, what all of that really means. Last time with Mildura, uh, 2016, what was it, do you think... That caused such an anomalous candidate run.
2: I don't know. I, I, I still I still don't really know. Other than I think, I think um, maybe social media. Like that's the only thing that maybe springs to my mind, and that alone doesn't explain it. But yeah. but perhaps the fact that um, you know uh, th- there there was a lot of talk at um, in. Probably every council, particularly Muldura, the last time about rates, you know, the issue of rates, that was a really hot topic mm. um, with a lot of different voices and ideas in that, you know. So so whether, and, and that was, sort of, you know, we had the creation of our Ratepayers Association and there was some quite, you know, um, quite heated politics going on. So whether that sort of explains some of it, I'm not sure. Mm. Um, but, look, I think that... Uh, you know there that that is what that that should be the natural state of things in local government you know because local government is the tier of government that's closest to the people um you know, I had a friend who was in federal politics and he was an MP in, in Metro Melbourne and he would it was um, he would do um, door knocking all the time. He was really like that direct face-to-face contact all the time, not just in campaign time, but all the time. Wow. And he'd, and he'd door knocking his electorate and he'd say, you know, what are the issues? And he said 90% of the, the issues people had were local government.
3: Not really? even, not
2: state government, not federal government. Yeah. 90% at least was all about local government because they are, the, they are the issues that people engage with most frequently on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Um, so it should be hotly contested, you know. It, sh- it should be. Um, uh, but, but again, like I mean, I've seen you, you know, you and Charlie, I forget what the discussion was one day, but I, I was there and just kind of like, like almost just observing. <laughs> you and Charlie and Donny like having this bloodbath argument.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Would have been over Daniel Andrews probably.
2: (laughs) But it it was great because it's like this is a contest of ideas. Yeah, yeah. And for a long time, particularly, and I can only speak for my own community, but for a long time it didn't feel like it was okay to have a genuine contest of ideas. You know, at the time we only had one newspaper Mm. um, and, you know, like an hour, you know, news bulletin. It was very much a, there was a lot of groupthink. You know, and and um, and 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 the conversation was dominated by one political party and one political ideology and one you know kind of a political class almost in our community. Yeah. Um, and and often the same people were on all the different statutory boards and the same people were you know at the, you know so it, it was it was all it felt more like a closed shop. Mm. Um, whereas over time probably partly because of social media and because of like, a you know, the diversity of, of platforms for conversations that has shifted. And I think that's what The Veil's doing, mm. you know, providing that and actually like, show, you know, modelling that, just saying here we all are, we're all at each other. There's no group thing here. We all have very different opinions. And, and we're great mates, mm. but it's good to be able to share those ideas.
0: Well, that's it. And it's, you know, everyone does have an opinion. Everyone's entitled to an opinion. And mm. as long as you can discuss them and have those conversations in a respectful way, why shouldn't you? Yeah. And why shouldn't yeah, you have ab- them publicly to share those ideas?
2: That's absolutely right. That's yeah. so true. Um, yeah. and, and And I think, I mean, I am a democracy nerd. I think that democracy is a a gift. <laughs> yeah. And
0: so we should use it. It is, and it's something we shouldn't take for granted. Let me ask you this then, Ali. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about the monarchy? Are you a monarchist or an Australian Republican?
2: Well, I'm a, I'm a Republican. Yeah. Great. Good answer. Partly just because I just, I just don't get monarchies. Mm-hmm. Like I don't. I don't get it. It's like we have this family who uh they all they all just um like they're just people. Mm-hmm. What what what's the big deal? Like and and also I you know I have a problem with and I think this is fundamentally anti-democratic. Um you know um be, being elevated and having certain status and certain stuff based on who you're born to. Mm-hmm. Like I, 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 I democracy, one of the, the cornerstones of democracy is about merit, yeah. you know, to me. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and the thing that, that I don't, the thing that blows my mind more than anything else is the fact that, like, people in, let's say, England kind of that anyone would consent to their tax dollars going towards one person's wedding dress. Yeah. Yeah, correct. When, Thank you. When, when, when those people have colonised just about every part of the world, so they've got a lot of wealth, they can afford the dress themselves. Yep, and colonising you know, not a
0: great way. Looking back, let's no, be No, no.
2: So I, I just don't get it. And I, and I know there's probably like a, maybe a romance to it. You know, like when you're a little girl, you get told, "Wouldn't it be wonderful to be a princess?" And so maybe people just love castles and kingdoms and all that sort of stuff. But, but it's all just. Um, it, it's it's all just a facade. They're mm. just a normal family.
0: Yeah, I agree. You I know, couldn't agree so with you more. And i i I've, I've been asking the question for the last couple of years. Do you think it's time for another referendum? Do you think we need to or leave it another five years?
2: Yeah, I mean, the, the, and this is one of the things about the royal family. I think. I mean, they they sort of once upon a time, you know, royalty was based on this um, very elitist class system where they were considered better than everybody else and they considered themselves better than everybody else. Um, Sorry, my phone's about to run out of battery. I'll just plug it in. (laughs) Now now what they've done is it's been this interesting pivot because I think it was sort of understood that, look, you know, in this day and age people aren't going to, your average person isn't going to go, oh, yeah, you are so much better than me and your kids are so much better than my kids, so therefore I'm going to, like, happily defer to you and bow and scrape. Mm. So what they've done to, I think, remain relevant, and it's quite clever, but also a bit sneaky, is they've made it all about charity now.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, ch- charity and celebrity, and it's it's more that sort of vein, you know, than than the the kings and the queens and the elitism, and and we're better than you, and so you need to kiss our feet, you mm-hmm. know, because so. It, it's a it's a clever manoeuvre to remain relevant in a modern world, but but still, I, I think the whole thing is a con job.
0: Yeah, I just don't think the monarchy is relevant to us. St- like we're old enough to look after ourselves by now. I think it's really yeah. time for a rethink. And
2: and and I've heard people say, oh, but the queen's such a nice lady. It's like, yeah, but so is my nan. Yeah, exactly. You know, like you know, li- literally, who died and made you king, Elizabeth?
0: <laughs> yeah, well, you know. her father. <laughs>
2: That's well, yeah, okay, yeah. all right. <laughs> it's a bad argument. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, and that's the other funny thing about it. The, the only reason, you know, we've got Queen Elizabeth and whatever is because one of the pre- the, uh, the uncle or whatever decided that he was going to divorce and get married to somebody else and, so, but, and he abdicated the throne. Otherwise, William and Harry and those people, they'd all be just like. Yeah, no one. Fringe they'd be- aristocrats at this point. That's right. Fair. Yeah, they'd be still um,
0: Mountbatten yeah aristocrats and that would be that would be it That's when right. you have a look at i mean the history's fascinating i'm a history nerd so the history of it's fascinating mm. and reading through the palace letters that were released earlier this year i was <laughs> so
2: excited about that I was it? so
0: excited because i thought yeah. right this will be this will be the catalyst i know that the queen knew and i was absolutely certain that she knew and she played a part and i still think she did by the way but it's it's gone. It's. they've gone about in a much more covert way after reading them. Wasn't
2: it sort of like she knew but she just didn't care enough? Correct, exactly. She yeah, knew. I mean,
0: she didn't give the direction but she knew. She knew yeah. and her people knew. So when they came out, I thought, right, there'll be a letter here that says, yep, yeah, go and do this and we can go, <gasps> The monarchy, the monarchy is having something to do with our political system, and we need to we need to hold a referendum, and we need to become a republic now. And that didn't happen, so I was kind of disappointed about that. But yeah, um, but
2: but but I but I think in some ways it does still it, it's still like I mean either it was going to show that they were meddling in our democratic processes, or it was going to show that they're just so disinterested that they wouldn't, or they're so irrelevant that they wouldn't. Yeah. So either way. Like it sort of confirms the, um, I think, the, the argument for, um, yeah, just sorry, my phone's doing weird things. <laughs> but it sort of confirms the argument for, for you know, moving on. Well, yeah, exactly.
0: And it was very much column B. She just didn't care.
2: Yeah, no, no, she, you know, they, they, they wouldn't care, and no. things like, you know, Prince Charles comes over. This was probably, I don't know, ten or fifteen years ago now, but I'll never forget it. Prince Charles came over, and and we, our taxpayers, we mm-hmm. paid six million dollars for him to be here for six days. Yeah, yeah. To and do you what? Just, you know, it's like, oh my god, really? Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Just, anyway, and that's why I think all of this. I'm, I'm a bit of a Harry and Megan fan. I am too, but for completely different reasons. I'm a bit
0: of a Harry fan because he's he seems to be a bit anti-Monarchy as well.
2: No, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, I love the the rebel side of yeah. them. Like I absolutely agree. Harry's just like, yeah, nah. <laughs> I, I think that probably he gets it. It's all a bit ridiculous too.
0: And he's probably actually not um, – <clears throat> I mean, we, oh, we've James, all heard the rumours and we know that Charles is not his father, so he's not part of the royal family anyway. We all know that. <laughs> do we? Yes, we do. Well, well we can all well, assume that.
2: We will. I know. But I've, I've always, yeah, I've always liked Harry. I think Harry is the better looking brother for a start. Rangers always um, are. I, I think he did. <laughs> I think he did better with, um, I think he did really well with Megan. Um, and I think that they're going to be very happy in, in L.A. Not that it's got anything to do with me and I don't know the River of so, but, you know. We've <laughs> but basically we've, 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 we've turned this into a new idea segment, by the way. Do yeah. you realise that, Jay? That's fine. You know
0: what? <laughs> but now that we've gone through all of the things that we can and can't do with the river and blah, blah, it's, it's time for a little bit of light relief and talking about That's Harry true. and Megan. You know what? And we've done it much better than New Idea on Woman's Day do anyway, just saying. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah, we'll give us, I'll pay that. Yeah. Well, I will let you get back to work. It's such, so good to just have some positive news. I know. And I suppose there's still some detail to come with the permits and things. So we just keep an eye on the the New South Wales Services website. Make sure you've got the right permit. But even today I've heard people are just far, far, they're having a much easier time getting across the border and all that kind of stuff. So
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well the team they actually went to um so Jimmy and Jen's and Stevie um went over to Baronga. They got their permits before they went over to Baronga to get hot chips. Stop it. Really? No yeah they did. So so I know I can say from experience it was very easy for Jen to get those three permits and they all piled into Stevie's car and they came back with yeah. Did they
0: bring you hot (laughs) chips at least? yeah oh that's okay then i All put, right. I
2: put yeah. in my order yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> and, they, and they stopped at the midway center and got some like cookies and things and donuts and yeah yeah so they're making the most of it
0: excellent it might be time to go <laughs> to the euston pub i reckon if that's open soon and i haven't heard an update yeah, on that yeah. so hopefully it is a night at the euston pub is just what everyone needs um so now that we can travel are we having you in robinvale anytime soon
2: Oh, I can't wait! Yes, I, I cannot wait to be back in Robinvale because we love that. Like it, it, you know, getting back into the this is what I'm excited about getting back into the zone of sort of one week Parliament, next week on the road. Yep. Parliament Road, Parliament Road. Like it's it's really good fun, and yeah, we're we're always we love going to Robinvale, and I'm so excited. I always Lock 13. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Best best place ever.
0: Yeah, I had a burger from there so today. We- The Jack are also also working on getting the liquor licensing because this is the thing. Daniel Andrews wants it to be like a cafe cafe COVID recovery for the economy and whatever. And liquor licensing are apparently speeding through adjustments to liquor licensing. So the Jack is looking at moving their red line to the lawn and to the pool area. So poolside bar, hello. Wow.
2: Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. I know. So, yeah. So really excited about that. Every time we come to – well, the last few times you'd know this every, when we come to Robinvale, it's the whole team. Mm. They won't stay home. They all want to come. Good. Good. You've got to so, bring yeah. Bring everyone. It's great. Yeah, it keeps the fun. We love our road trip. Excellent. Well, hopefully we will see you soon.
0: And keep us in the loop. Keep us in the loop with any other updates um, that you have as well. That would be great.
2: We appreciate Definitely. your time. Awesome. No worries. Thanks, Jay. Okay.
3: Building a new home doesn't have to be stressful it should be an experience you enjoy, that you can put all of your energy into, knowing that in the end, you'll be living in your dream home. At Fisher Developments, it is possible. In fact, anything is possible. Fisher Developments specialise in building beautiful homes to suit your family, style and budget, but also taking into consideration your lifestyle. They have multiple residential developments in progress right now in numerous locations. But if you're looking for that specialist and personal touch to build your dream home, then it's worth giving Craig a call. Fisher Developments are HIA and Master Builders of Victoria members, so you can be sure you're getting only the finest workmanship. Don't stress, your perfect forever home is just a phone call away. But start with going to fisherdevelopments.com.au. Fisher Developments, developing dreams. fisherdevelopments.com.au.
0: AFL legend, Nathan Burke.
1: Hey, Nathan. Who's wearing a hey. t shirt <laughs> Yes, look at that. <laughs> t shirt my favourite one. <laughs> G'day, guys. How are you going? Yeah,
0: good. Terrific. It's so good to have you. Have you done your push-ups today?
1: I have, yes. Really? Yeah, I actually have, yeah. I can tell you that the, the pecs around the side here are still feeling it. Haven't quite got used to it yet, but uh, they'll get there. Now, do you do the 42, Nathan? Yeah, yeah, I can. I can pump out. I, I must have met the last three or four are a bit of a strain, but I'm, 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 there.
0: Wait, do you do them all together?
4: Yeah, you got to do them all at once. Oh, you don't. You can do them as four sets of ten. <laughs> uh, stopping or forty-two sets of one, whatever. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Charlie just does it all day, spreads yeah. it throughout the day. Ah, oh, you
4: know, you've got to spread the
0: love. You do. Now, Nathan, you've been an advocate for resilience and being grateful and um, and leadership for a long time since your, uh, since, what year did you finish playing footy?
1: 2003 was my last one. Seems like yesterday. <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't. <laughs> Is it that long ago? Yeah, 17 years.
0: Wow, okay, so you've been doing um, the thankful plan. When did that start?
1: Um, Yeah, so I had sort of various jobs, consultancy jobs, and um, worked for a large call centre for a while. And the last, since about 2014, I uh, made the plunge into working for myself. And uh, part of that was just simply that I I think I I learned a lot of lessons that are transferable for other people um, by playing football, by working and wanted to sort of share that message. And uh, part of that message is around the the power of being grateful and and, uh, recognising all the good stuff that goes on during the day that we tend to skip over at certain times in our life. And the thankful plan was just simply a, a way of helping people Uh, it's a bit of a trigger. So each day we we post a a quote or a photo and as it pops up in your Facebook feed, well then it's just a time for you to stop and say, okay, what good stuff happened today? Mm. Not every day is a great day, but something good happens every day. And we need to be able to stop and see that. So it's just a bit of a a trigger point reminder for people to stop and say, you know what? Most of my day was pretty crappy, but you know what? There, There was a time there when I was outside, the sun was warm. There was no clouds in the sky and it was just a bit of peace for half an hour. That was good. We need to recognise that sort of stuff.
0: Yeah. It makes such a difference, doesn't it, I think, just having that, that, that grat- the that attitude of gratitude, I yeah. call it. Well, that's not mine. I, I stole that from the secret. <laughs> <laughs> but it does make a difference, doesn't it?
1: Absolutely. And, you know, there's, there's not only just that effect right there and then, but... Um, the, without getting sort of too technical, the, the part of our brain that helps us focus on certain areas of the reticular activating system and it's sleep-wake transitions and other things. Um, if we can, uh, our brain is the same as our muscles. So if I wanted to get bigger biceps, I'd get down and do 42 push ups every day and keep doing it. Um, if I wanted to get certain parts of my brain stronger and bigger, well, then you, you need to use them. You need to practice them. So that particular part of the brain is really responsible for where we focus and a good example is think back to when you bought the car that you're driving now and after you drive out of the showroom you tend to see that make and model of car all around the place for a period of time and then it eventually fades away Um, we need to flick that part of our brain on to start to see the good stuff that goes on around us and to keep it on and how we do that is things like having the trigger of a thankful plan and uh, other different techniques that you can use to to really strengthen that part of the brain. Makes sense, doesn't it?
4: Yeah. So do you use this uh, technique with your um, uh, your women's football? I
0: was going to say, you're going to try it. Yep. So Nathan is the coach of the Western Bulldogs <laughs> AFLW team, Charlie. Yes,
4: that's what I wanted to say. Charlie only yep.
0: sees in navy blue. Yeah. And that's all.
4: So you've, I know you've got some kind of football team, but it's not Carlton, <laughs> so I don't really care. <laughs> <you know? laughs> Um,
1: yeah, absolutely. We do. Um, yeah, and it's very hard sometimes for the girls because they're, they're very hard on themselves. And if you ask them after the game, how'd you go, they're more likely to tell you the the five times they stuffed up than the five things that they did really well. That's just generally where their mind goes naturally. So, um, just by, by my questioning, um, our game review that the players fill out on themselves, I ask one question: What what would you like to acknowledge yourself for? So it forces them to actually say, "I did this well," and uh, and what would you like to acknowledge a teammate for? So it forces them to tell a teammate they did something well. Because if I didn't ask those questions, I guarantee you I would get a whole list of I I kicked I gave away a free kick, I missed a goal, I I dropped the mark I shouldn't have that was where their mind will go. So we need to get them out of that and into, you know what? You might have made mistakes. That's okay. Look, watch an AFL men's game, see how many mistakes they make. And they make thousands of them. So you're, you're a part-time footballer. You should be hard on yourself when you make a mistake as well.
0: Mm. They make a lot more mistakes now than they did in your day, though, don't they, Nathan?
4: Uh, absolutely.
0: Mm. <laughs> mm. I'm not even going to uh, talk football today.
4: Bonnie's not here. There's got to be a funny one, like, If someone asked me after a game of footy, yeah, what's the best thing? I'd say something like, I don't know, I caught the water bottle really well. (laughs) (laughs) Had any of those uh, those kind of ones?
1: But
0: you probably didn't. Let's be
1: honest. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Most of the girls, some of them actually say, I can't think of anything. Um, Oh, really? I, 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 I refuse to actually do their review until they can actually come back with something that they did well. Wow!
0: So you do a lot of other stuff too. You've got an e-book on, uh, on your website called Sports Parenting. Tell us a bit about that.
1: Yeah, that's basically just came out from a, um, uh, an interest really. I've got three daughters, 21, 20 and nearly 18 now. So they've sort of through that young sports age. But um, being a, a sports parent, you obviously want the right thing for your child. And you hear so many horror stories of parents sort of overstepping the line or not being involved enough, being too involved. And there's so many horror stories out there. But to find information on exactly what is the right level of involvement, it was really hard to find. And so I thought, well, stuff it, I'll try and write my own. Um, And uh, basically it's just looking at, I believe every parent wants to do the right thing, Their kid, they don't want to sabotage their kid, but we coaches don't tell us. Coaches, a lot of them fall back on the easy answer, which is you know what, just go away, give me a kid, and come back at the end of training in the game and pick them up. Whereas to me, that's it's wasting so many opportunities to actually be a parent. Because as we know, sport growing up, you've got to learn how to win and how to lose and how to get in the team and not be selected in the team and be coachable and have good teamwork skills and follow rules. All those life skills that sport teaches us, as a parent, I'm not going to say, you know what, as much as I like a coach, I'm not going to leave all of that up to you. I want to be involved. And good coaches will have the parents involved so we're just looking at what does that actually look like in terms of being a good level of involvement not over involved not under involved in your kid's sport
0: mm, excellent I, that should go into every junior footy netball club cricket club tennis club newsletter when they sign up i reckon don't yeah, you think yeah mm. but, oh, what
4: i was gonna say i could see you being one of those parents stop it <laughs> My kids are already yeah. the best at
0: everything they try, yeah, exactly. so I don't know what you're talking about.
4: <laughs> you know, I'm gonna, I am want
0: to touch on... Oh, can um, we do some? Drawing? Yeah, yeah, well, I'm getting to that. No, this please. is called a segue, oh, Charlie. Um, oh, but I do want to talk to you, Nathan, about um, the CTE diagnosis of spud, Frawley, and the importance of wearing a helmet. But we've got heaps of prizes here, as you can see on our yep. desk, studio desk. It's not quite a studio yet, but we're getting there. Um, we've got a few more prizes to give away, so... Bear with us, you're not in a hurry, are eh?
1: you?
4: No, no, we're good. Great, right? right. excellent. We'll do uh, we're we gonna do, we'll do a hat. 42k hat. Sure. All right. So number three. Oh, wait a minute. Well, well done. done.
1: <laughs> Judy <brought> a hat.
0: <laughs> Charlie looks so chuffed with himself.
4: Yeah. Uh, this is a uh, just a lovely shout out.
0: <laughs> hey, could you get Nathan to give the shout out?
4: All right. I don't um, know how well, that's going to work, but yeah, I don't know how it's going to work. But,
3: uh, I'll tell you the name, Nathan, and so you can shout out. Number, <laughs> number thirty is Eliza Gorman.
1: Eliza Gorman, well done. What does what Eliza want? No, she's just <laughs> shout out <laughs> She's <laughs> a <laughs> shout
0: out from you that I'm sure she'll love.
1: Jeez, oh, talk about a booby prize. For uh, <laughs> well, Eliza? That's all you get. Hello, yeah. Eliza. Hope you're having a lovely night.
2: Yeah. And I'm pretty sure yeah. their uh, yeah. supporters are in Northern Kilda, so um, yeah, she'll yeah. she'll love it even <laughs> more. <laughs> All right.
4: um, well, where we go next? We'll go um, Annie Barb's scarf because that's yes, awesome. yes, and let's hopefully oh, uh, this, this one. one. Yeah, this yeah. is
0: beautiful. I love this.
4: So Annie Barb uh, Nathan is one of our local indigenous um, artists. Right. and she does scarves and lovely. She paintings.
0: did the canvas. I don't know whether you can. No, you can't the see, it, can't but see it. it. But I've got one hanging so on the wall. The, the
4: ball. canvas. Um, so she's donated a lovely scarf, and we're gonna. Who wins this? Number 10. Tina Zappia. Tina Zappia. Well done. That'll suit Tina nicely. Yeah, she'll love that. She will. All right. Uh, I feel like we have to do another shout out. Well, it's
0: not such a booby prize when it doesn't come from you. If it comes from Nathan, it's not not quite so bad.
4: All right. Number
3: 18. 18 is Torps. Jonathan Oh,
4: Could you especially do a special one for this guy? Because he loves St Kilda.
3: Does he
0: really?
4: Good stuff. Hey Torpy, how are you, champ? Um, oh, I'm sorry I haven't
1: got any prizes for you. Uh, better luck next week, but uh, I'm hoping you sit there right now watching yeah, the Saints. Takes- and if anyone is watching the Saints play right now, I'm taping it. So no spoiling no spoilers. spoiler alert, please. But uh g'day you know, Torps. I I'm hoping you're watching the telly and you're absolutely loving it right now. <laughs> no, worries, thanks for that. <laughs>
4: You'll love that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, number five. Oh, well, I'll go for one of these packs. The Mateship Manual? Mateship Again? Manual.
1: Okay.
3: What? <laughs> because this is another family member. It's Aileen Norton, my mother.
4: Oh. but well on Aileen. You've got, a, you've got yourself a uh, Mateship Pack. Um, how many prizes have you got left? I'm not really keeping track here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh. I am certainly hope the barrel girl is.
4: I am.
0: I am. But I... I... See, I'm, I'm marking them off after we do them, so he's just calling them out at random. And, and really, you should have this list here. Well, so we've we got, have we got a footy to give away. Can we give away the footy while we've got, while got, we've got Nathan, oh, We Nathan, have please. got a footy.
4: Right. right. All right. Oh, no. my things just. Up again. Oh, anyway, uh, here we go. For an R-U-A-K footy, number
3: 42. Laura Masasso. Ooh,
4: Laura Masasso. Well done. You've won yourself a footy. Awesome. Should be more of a rugby person. I was going to say,
0: maybe rugby would be...
4: I don't know. Sorry, Laura, yeah. but you can use it as the rugby
0: ball. Yeah. Well, you know you can't really. I uh, don't pass the same. Just keep, nah.
4: just keep throwing yeah, it. Yeah, whatever, you know, whatever. Um, all right. Last, we'll do another shout
1: out. Okay.
4: All right.
3: <laughs> so, wait. Um, wait, wait. wait. Number thirty-three. Oh, this is a terrible shout out. What? Because Jazzy has. Provided some of the prizes and uh, she misses out on oh.
4: them. sorry Juzzy. But you get Nathan Burke to say hello to you.
0: Uh, Jacinda Machos. Nathan.
4: Hey, hey uh,
1: Juzzy, how are you going? Uh, thank you very much for supplying the prizes, but um, unfortunately you don't get one. <laughs> 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 going to like next week. And <laughs> she
0: supplied the cupcakes, which are delicious, and we didn't man- didn't manage to eat them all today, but I'm sure we'll we'll get there.
4: All right, thanks guys. <laughs>
0: Thanks, thanks, Charlie. Thanks, Debbie, the barrel girl. Much appreciated. Now, Nathan, did you wear, you're well-known, I suppose, as well as for being one of the last great hard rovers of the game because, like I said, they're not that tough anymore, but you also wore a helmet. Did you wear your helmet for your entire career?
1: No, I didn't wear it the first five years and the last one. Well, the the last two I didn't really play much in the in the second last one, I only played three games and did my knee. And the one before that, I only played a few and did my knee. So um, it was really, so there's three eight. So about nine years of it, I, I wore it. And it was a, a case of, um, I, they diagnosed it as a form of migraine at the time. But now we know it was really a concussion where I'd get a knock and I'd get blurred vision and nausea and headaches and all that. So the blurred vision during the game, the headaches and nausea after the game. And uh, I was getting it too often and the coach virtually said, well, we can't afford to play you if you're going to come off all the time because we only had two on the bench those days. And so you have to try something. So the obvious answer was the helmet. It wasn't something that I chose to wear, but if it was a case of looking silly and playing footy or not playing footy. There was no choice in the end. And I found that I was getting the, the issue far less Wearing it, so anecdotally, it worked for me in my particular form
4: of concussion,
1: and that's why I kept wearing
4: it. Are yeah, you, are you concerned now? Um, you know the whole new thing now about um, CTE. Uh, well, yeah. You know, so, Look, um, it, it
1: is concerning. So CTE is it's brought on by continual knocks, um, playing football and concussions, and it can lead to you know early onset dementia and Alzheimer's and depression and anxiety and a lot of nasty things that you, you don't want to get. Um, look, am I concerned? Look at the moment I'm good. I get my wife to check on me every now and again, um, which is fine. Does it mean that I'm not concerned about the future? Yeah. I did have lots of hits in the head, but at the moment I'm, I'm I'm okay. But uh, I know there are a lot of other footballers around my age that aren't okay at the moment. And uh, that's the real worrying aspect of uh, the whole condition.
0: Yeah, it is. It is a real concern, I think, because it's one of those things that we know now that polypharma had CTE, but you can't, you know, as well as Spuddy's recent diagnosis. um, It's one of those things that unfortunately can't be diagnosed until it's a post-mortem, a post, is it post-mortem diagnosis? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, and that's the, the really tricky part at the moment. Uh-huh. Um, and as we saw in the States, uh, you know, there's a $1.4 billion settlement um, of what happened in the States with the NFL players mm. and uh, unintended consequences, because you can only diagnose CTE as post-mortem, as you said, Um, some players who thought that they were suffering and they had an illness, to preserve their brain, they were committing suicide in ways that would preserve the brain and just so their family would be recompensed for what they went through and get access to some of that money. And so there's really unintended consequences about reimbursing and all that sort of stuff. So we need to learn all those lessons of what the states did wrong. Mm. And we're, we're only at the very, very early stages of this whole process. Um, it's going to become far more and more, more prevalent, but we need to make sure that we uh, really learn the lessons of what they did wrong.
0: Yeah, we're sort of, we're almost gifted with a bit of hindsight. Yeah. Right yeah, which right. is is really fortunate in one way, but you said that um, that the helmet worked anecdotally for you yep. and there's no, I was talking to Norto before who's the resident health professional apart from the AMBO that sits across from me, <laughs> but I was talking to Norto about um, there's no real hard evidence that helmets will prevent it, but surely, especially for juniors and having two young boys myself, Surely, even if we think that it might, surely that's better than not.
1: Yeah, look, there's, there's theories out there that say if, you, if players, young players put a helmet on, they're more likely to stick their head where they shouldn't. Um, I can tell you that I, I was more scared about getting my teeth knocked out and my nose broken again um, than actually getting a, a knock in the head. So just wearing something that covers the, the back of my head doesn't protect my teeth or my nose. So this this theory that you're going to suddenly become, think you're a Superman and invincible and stick your head in the holes doesn't really work for me. Um, if you get a, a serious knock in the head and the brain rattles, obviously you're going to get repercussions of that. You're more more than likely going to get concussion. No helmet will actually prevent that. But as we know now, concussion takes a, a variety of forms from delayed concussion to completely knocked out to, you know, five minutes later, I get a bit of blurred vision. And when I stop, I get a headache. It takes lots and lots of different forms of concussion. So that means that we need lots and lots of different forms of prevention. And if we can lessen the force going into the head, then that by physics has to lessen the force of the brain rattling around inside of the head. Um, so I'm no expert but anecdotally I can say it works and uh, as I've said to quite a a few doctors who have challenged me, I've said okay, I'm going to punch you in the head right now you've got a choice, you can put some padding between my fist and your head or you can let me punch in the head what do you choose Um, and most of them, if they're smart they'll choose a bit of padding (laughs) and if not, they deserve
4: the punch in the head absolutely (laughs)
0: That's a very, very good point, I guess. It's, um, it kind of makes sense. And like I said, why would you just, if it's a choice between looking a bit silly or not looking as pretty as you do when you've done your hair to go out onto the footy field and being able to play, did you just say Nordo?
1: No.
0: Oh, yours. Yeah, yeah okay. Um, And being able to play footy and having a little bit of, um, just a little bit of comfort in knowing that you're a little bit protected. Surely that's the better way to go, I would think.
1: Yeah, it's, It's, um, for me, in the end, it just became part of my football gear. You put your mouth guard in, your helmet on, and away you go. You go and play football. So when the ball's coming, you don't think about it. You just go and get the footy and try and do that as best as you possibly can.
0: Yeah. We've got a question here from Peter Carnegie, who's been the biggest contributor this evening. Carnagé. I'm changing his name to Carnagé. You're in this um, <laughs> G'day Cobber. I'm a Queensland born rugby follower. When we play, we see the tackle coming up, league or union. AFL has a massive injury rate because people can come from the side. Thoughts. Or
1: behind. What? Oh, can take yeah, you. and that, that's that's the unusual part of our game, is it's a 360-degree game. If you look at it, most other contact sports, whether it be NFL and the rugby codes, players, it's it's a front on contact. It's just a nuance of our game that it's a 360 game. So you can be tackled from any direction. Um, they're, they're making rules around the sling tackles, the type of tackles that are, I think are, are great rules that uh, really protect the head. We've got the dangerous tackle ruling now that we never used to have. Um, so as best as possible, we're trying to counter that. But, um, yeah, it's just a unique aspect of our game that it's a 360-degree contact
0: sport. Mm. And it's not going to change anytime soon, although it is getting more like netball. Can you tell I'm a little bitter with footy at the moment?
4: <laughs> you no, know, you know what it is? Because I feel like, you know, how the last couple of games, is they've all been over, over the top of each other, like there's football every night almost. Mm-hmm. I look forward to the weekend because, uh, well, actually, and getting back to the RUAK day, um, they'll talk about uh, in these COVID times to keep in a routine. And the routine of, you know, you work during the week and then on the weekends you watch football, it's kind of been thrown out the window because now we're all at home all the time and then we're watching football every night and there's no routine.
0: Yeah, but we had, we had half the season cut off, so they've got to fit all those games in somewhere.
4: Yeah, I know, but we're just talking about... Sorry, you,
1: you're just
4: breaking up and I missed the last 30 seconds or so.
1: <laughs> Hopefully, no, you okay. Oh, that was a gold too. <laughs> <Just> missed it. <laughs>
0: uh. Oh no, it wasn't. If you go to, here's the website and I'll put this on um, our website later on. It's nathanburkconsulting.com. There's, um, you can get, download that sports parenting ebook, which is only $5. There's links to the thankful plan. There's one-on-one football coaching. There's all sorts of services in there. You do a lot of keynote speaking, um,
1: Yeah, look, I do a variety of of different things. Today's been busy. I've had three Are You Okay Day talks um, about resilience and and mindset. So it's been a my throat is a bit sore, but it's a bit busy. But um, yeah, it's uh, enough to keep the uh, keep me busy, which is great.
4: It is Are You Okay Day, and are you okay? How are you going?
1: I'm I'm very very good, thank you. Um, Whilst we're restricted in a lot of things we can do down here um, and uh, I can either concentrate on that or I can concentrate on, you know, what. as I said, I've got teenagers, well, they're not teenagers anymore, 21, 20 and, and nearly 18. There's going to come a time when they won't want to be around their old man anymore. They won't want to be in the house. At the moment, they're trapped. They can't get out. <laughs> so the fact that all five of us are here together. Um, yeah, you know, I'm going to enjoy that while I can. So uh, whilst there's a lot of things we can't do, there's some things that uh, we can do that we probably can't do down the track. So I need to enjoy those while I can.
0: Probably good advice, I think. Nathan, thanks for your time. We're going to hear from you on the 42K. Oh, we must thank you for that, uh, for that video that you did for the 42K page too, which is uh, phenomenal.
1: Not a so, no problem, I, I need to do a check-in, so I'll do that, another one of those and I'll, I'll shoot it to you
0: legend. Nathan, thank you for, uh, for giving us some time tonight. We really appreciate it.
1: No worries, guys. Thanks for listening to The Vale Podcast, driven by pioneer Ford, Robin Vale. It's worth the drive. Remember to support our sponsors and shop local. Subscribe at thevalepodcast.com.au